Welcome to Inside the Media Minds. This is your host, Christine Blake. This show features in-depth interviews with tech reporters who share everything from their biggest pet peeves to their favorite stories. From our studio at W2 Communications, let's go Inside the Media Minds. Hey, everybody. This is Christine Blake, the host of Inside the Media Minds, and I am here with Jen Damasio, the executive editor for Defense and Space at Aviation Week. Hey, Jen. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me, Christine. Awesome. Good to have you on the podcast. So Aviation Week, we're excited to talk to you about some of the things that you're covering um, that you're working on as the executive editor. So I know you've had a pretty um, extensive career and a lot of experience in journalism from, you know, Defense Daily to Politico and other publications covering defense and politics and now space. Can you give us a quick overview of your background and the, um, the kind of the evolution of your career and how you landed at um, Aviation Week? Sure. Um, I came to D.C. as a general assignment news reporter uh, about 18 years ago and landed up at Inside Washington Publishers um, covering the Army for them, um, kind of bombs, bullets, and boots, and really fascinated there by the scale of things. Because, you know, when, they, when the Army orders anything, they order in bulk. Um, uh, anyways, is just uh, very fascinating and, and covered the, the buildup of the Iraq War, mm -hmm. um, the need for force protection equipment like uh, mine-resistant ambush-protected vehicles. Um, but one of the things that I really loved about that job was spending time on Capitol Hill. And um, so that led me to a job at Defense Daily, where I worked with a fantastic editor there called uh, named John Robinson, um, who's trained up a lot of defense reporters uh, in and around Washington. Um, and uh, I don't know, about two years later, um, I, I joined Politico, which had only been operating at that time for about a year. Um, and uh, got a lot of great opportunities for coverage. They're covering really the intersection between defense and politics. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, I was approached by Aviation Week and they asked me to come aboard as their congressional editor. So, um, so there I was covering um, anything that flies, you know, from a defense industrial perspective, mm -hmm. um, but as that related to what kind of legislation um, was happening on the Hill. So that's how I wound up here. Um, wow. Yeah. Wow, right. Very cool. So what, I guess, um, interests you about aviation and covering aviation? What has kind of kept you covering that space? Well, really, I mean, it's you know, in journalism, almost anything can kind of take you into um, a, a world. And so aviation is is one of those things. Um, you know, there's, there's just so much to it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Um, it's, a, it, it is a world unto itself. And every, you know, at Aviation Week, we're covering everything from, you know, fighter jets to um, internet intercontinental ballistic missiles to, you know, um, you know, ground launch cruise missiles. And um, so there are so many different components to it. That's just on the defense side, but then there's all of the commercial space mm -hmm. aspects to it that are so fascinating um, where you have NASA making a transition um, to going from, you know, a purely government entity to one that's, um, really reaching out into the private sector mm -hmm. and watching all of that evolve. It's, 
it, you know, so through that lens, you sort of, you get a whole glimpse of world history and how it's changing. Um, and it, it could be aviation, it could be healthcare or another topic, but you know, this is, this is where I've landed and it, <laughs> I'm not bored yet. So mm -hmm. that's awesome. Yeah. And I like the, the terminology you use. It's like opening up a whole nother world, right? Whether you cover cybersecurity or, um, you know, government contractors or aviation, it's like a whole nother world that opens up that not everybody thinks about to that extent all the time, but you become like an expert in it in a way where you're, you know, covering the stories and interviewing experts and that type of thing. So that's really cool. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so what types of topics interest you the most personally, would you say? Um, well, uh, lately, um, I guess we've been writing a lot about hypersonics at Aviation Week. That's uh, kind of front of mind. It's one of those stories that's so horrible. You can't look away in a, in a, in a sense uh, because, um, you know, we cover it sort of from this, in one sense, it's, it's kind of a cat and mouse thing, you know, where China and Russia have um, created hypersonic weapons and they're moving along a little bit more rapidly than the US. And, and so we cover it from a technological perspective. This is where the US is, um, uh, you know, this is where the programs are that, that um, the different programs that the, the US government is pursuing. This is how the technology is. This is where it is in its development. But all of that right now is coming together. Um, you have the, the US now potentially looking at a nuclear armed hypersonic weapon and you have production facilities beginning to ramp up and testing so that within, I don't know, three, four, five years, they may be producing these weapons by the hundreds or thousands. And um, just in some of the interviews we've had over the couple, past couple of years, I mean, they are built to be an unstoppable force. And if you just take a minute to step back and think about it, it's, well, That's huge. scary. <laughs> yeah. Scary. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Um, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Well, the, the, so I mean, that's that's one of the things that's sort of front of mind right now. And mm -hmm. secondly, um, since Labor Day, really the election, I guess we'll be gearing up to see what happens with that. Absolutely, and and that was actually one of the questions I was going to ask. To what extent do you think the the election will impact, or you know, have have I guess having any impact on some of the aviation stuff, space force, all everything that you cover? Well, in one sense, you know, the, the Pentagon tends to be a little agnostic when it comes to a change in presidency and tends to, you know, um, like if you looked at the Obama national defense strategy and the, the Trump one, there were, there were big shifts, but, but it was trending in the same direction mm -hmm. with a focus on, you know, Russian and Chinese threats away from um, the counterinsurgencies that occupied the military um, during the, the 2000s and 2010s. Um, but by the same token, it could represent some big shifts depending on what happens in the election. Um, so, um, uh, the, there, there's been a lot of turmoil within the Pentagon lately. Um, if, if Trump remains, you know, you could see um, Defense Secretary Mark Esper leaving and then there's the whole question of what follows that. Um, but then also within Congress and who controls Congress will be a big deal. And if um, maybe if Joe Biden were elected president and the Democrats won a majority in the Senate and the House, 
that could that could really shift policy. Mm -hmm. um, so um, a lot could happen. A lot could happen. <laughs> but but it's also unpredictable right now right. at this point. No, absolutely. I think everyone's just kind of waiting, waiting and seeing what could possibly happen. Um, and another topic that we're always interested in talking about, and I know you guys cover, is the Space Force. And obviously, the um, with the DoD continuing to stand up Space Force, what are some of the key things that you're watching as it pertains to that? Uh, well, a lot of things. I mean, we watch things first and foremost from a programmatic perspective. So um, we'll be watching, um, you know, the missile warning satellite programs. Uh, we'll be watching the, the communication satellite programs. Um, we'll be watching the launch competitions continue to unfold. Um, but then institutionally, um, we're also, you know, just the standup of the Space Force as it, uh, goes, you know, it completes its first year in operation mm -hmm. and into its second and how that begins to take shape. Um, and also its relationship to the Air Force. I mean, interestingly, there was a next generation launch system contract that was awarded. It was announced by the Air Force acquisition shop, but the, the Space and Missile Systems Center, which is a component of the Space Force, didn't seem very aware that that was happening, <laughs> even though, I mean, they were obviously aware that it was going to happen, but you know, there were some, there seemed to be a bit of a disconnect. So that's something we're gonna be seeing is that, um, you know, is that typical, will that continue? Will they link arms or, or will they be fighting each other? Yeah, no, that's interesting. And then, you know, I always like to ask this question because, you know, you're talking about all these really interesting topics that you're covering. And then how do you write, or I guess, who is your intended audience when you're writing and like what approach do you take to these stories, um, having your key audience in mind? I think sometimes as, you know, PR professionals, marketers, you know, vendors always have a kind of a different, not always, but sometimes have a different perception of the audience versus the editors and reporters. So I'm always curious as to your perspective on who your audience is and how you write to get to them. Well, um, the Aviation Week Network has a series of products, right? So we have, um, the Aviation Week Intelligence Network. And so that's our subscription-based service. It's for our premium customers, but it's also where we put a lot of our breaking news items. So things that are um, newsiest and, and coming up, we wanna be on top of those every day. Um, and that's you know where you might get a product announcement or, um, or breaking news coming out of the Pentagon, right? So hopefully what we're doing is taking information that's coming from decision makers, you know, where, where I think a lot of companies are looking at things from their own perspective. Hopefully we can see up above that a little bit and get the perspective coming out of the Pentagon for, you know, um, if, if a company, one specific company doesn't have access to that top level information, we can distribute that. Um, and, um, but then we also, with the Aviation Week um, and Space Technology Magazine, try to step back from that and approach it from, um, you know, analysis and trends perspective mm -hmm. and dig in there a little bit deeper and, and also write for a slightly more general audience so that we want those stories to be written as if a commercial pilot 
can read and understand them. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, and then, you know, obviously we're doing a lot more webinars lately and, uh, and podcasts. Yeah. And yeah, I was going to talk about your podcast a bit. So the check six podcast, is that right? Yep. Yep. Oh, so yep. what is the uh, premise of that? And what do you guys cover? Um, well, we're kind of it taking our notebooks and, and digging in a little deeper, being able to have a, a conversation about what's happening, mm -hmm. happening rather than um, just kind of reporting the news straight. So um, that's a great place for us and for our reporters to kind of come together and chat about the different dots they're connecting yeah. and how those piece together. That's really cool. Yeah. Love it. I think we're definitely seeing um, a lot more multimedia content across the board, especially because of um, the pandemic, obviously. So I was going to ask, how have you seen either your coverage areas or just um, journalism and aviation week shift in general as a result of the pandemic? Obviously, we've been in this environment since March <laughs> and, um, you know, coming in mid-September. I'm just curious your thoughts on it. Oh, well, I mean, it's been such a blur these past six months. I, we, we may have gone, you know, inside and away from our offices and away from, you know, the, the daily grind of meetings at different places around Washington, but we've been, if not as busy, busier um, on different webinars, you know, sure. uh, either attending them and gathering information from them or, you know, running our own. So, um, yeah, we, I mean, it's really forced us to think a little differently about our coverage. And then we've got to pick up the the news of COVID and how that's impacting the industry. But, you know, the Pentagon hasn't slowed down at all its development of, you know, new aircraft and weapons. So we got to stay on top of that as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then try to, to, to connect and reach with, you know, readers and then not lose their interest right. when they're also inundated with a lot Absolutely. of things. Yeah. Definitely a lot to balance. <laughs> yeah. I mean, are you facing the same? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's, it's a balance of, you know, consuming the media as it relates to some of the areas you're interested in, balancing webinars, virtual events. Is a virtual event something that you guys are participating in or um, attending? Both. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Yeah, we have um, a defense chain conference coming up oh, uh, October 20th, 21st. And so um, that's a really great event where we reach out and talk to a lot of executives and um, engineers and program officials and bring them all together uh, to talk about and compare notes on the on the industry. That's great. Yeah. And I think it's it's fascinating to see how different companies and, and publications even are shifting to be able to host these events and still bring these people together in a virtual way. So I think people have done a good job at this point in trying to navigate that yeah. whole different landscape. Mm -hmm. And then as, um, you know, Jen, as a reporter, you know, you've, you mentioned at the top of the podcast, just how many different um, roles that you've had and just curious about how you've seen the shift in um, the evolution of journalism as it comes, as it pertains to social media, um, the 24 hour news cycle, <laughs> what, what has been your take on that evolution? Oh, well, I mean, there's always a push to do more be faster mm -hmm. and then there's always a check on that at the same time because as soon as you sort of go too fast and try to get ahead of the news um, that's how mistakes get made mm -hmm. you know then it forces you to sort of pull back and 
um, check it again and make sure you're correct with it before before rushing mm -hmm. ahead. So um, uh, I, I I don't know. I mean, I, social media. I'm not really the the best person to talk about it. I, I follow it. I follow people on Twitter and I'm a participant in it, but I, I'm not very active and I, I certainly could do better to, you know, with some social media training or something to, to improve on that, that score. Cause it is a useful tool for a lot of people. Um, and, and I appreciate that, but, um, and then just curious too, I mean, I'm sure you get a plenty of emails every day, whether it's um, PR pitches or, you know, people, you know, some of your resources, how do you differentiate between them? What stands out to you and what makes a good resource for some of your stories? Ah, uh, anybody who can provide context and background or something that is new and really adds value to the conversation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and also I found, you know, relationships matter, building, building up relationships with, with people over time and just um, a personal meeting tends to go a long way when you can you make, it's harder and harder to make time for that and harder in this virtual environment, certainly to do that. But, but those meetings tend to endure, I think. Mm -hmm. No, definitely. We, we hear that a lot from different reporters. I think when it comes to finding those resources and building those relationships are definitely important. Um, and then we have a couple of listener questions that we always get to during these towards the end. So sure. um, in your mind, what is one of the most memorable defense and space stories from 2020 so far? Well, we talked a bit about hypersonics. Mm -hmm. I guess that is probably one of them, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and COVID, I mean, yeah. that, that's it, really. That's the one. Um, we started out this year and the aerospace industry in particular, you know, and, and Boeing have been hit so hard by um, the MAX crisis before COVID and then, you know, that, that double whammy. So um, for us, that's been mm -hmm. probably, yep. yeah, the biggest one. And then, and then really also looking ahead at the next generation of, aircraft um, coming down the pike and and the software that that underlies that so where the air force where the different services where the military may go in the future um, connecting aircraft to space and to the ground mm -hmm. um, and their ability to do that that's going to be key going forward and that's i think in 2020 taking shape a lot more concretely than it has in the past. Sure. Okay. And then you mentioned how, like, you know, you guys have been covering aviation as it relates to COVID and brought up Boeing. What are some, what are some of the other major COVID storylines that have intersected with some of the aviation stories that you're covering? Well, I mean, there's the story of what happens to defense contractors, um, whether they're going to be able to continue to make progress payments, these uh, more upfront, more uh, a greater percentage of upfront payments to contractors for, for work that quite, hasn't quite been completed yet. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a big story. And just um, the supply chain is huge mm -hmm. um, because on the, you know, the defense side and that business may be going along well this year and next, 
um, but what happens to companies that have a big civil aviation component to them? Are they going to be able to remain solvent enough to continue to feed that defense beast um, until such time as the, the commercial sector, you know, gets back up and running again? Mm -hmm. um, so that's a big one. Um, space is, a, I, I haven't talked much about that, but they're, they're just fascinating things happening there. They're, you know, working on this timeline to get to the moon in 2024 and whether or not they do is still an open question but the fact that they've been able to secure uh, a lot of investments up front and are working towards that goal it's got uh it's, it's got a lot of people up and energized about mm -hmm. that that's really cool very nice great well um jen it's been really great talking to you do you have any kind of final words or anything that you want to share or promote that you're working on well, sure. <laughs> I mean, we're going into the Air Force Association meeting, so we've got a fantastic issue of Aviation Week um, that's going to press today. Oh, nice. Um, so we have coverage of um, the UAVs that might replace the MQ-9, um, some uh, different concepts from Northrop Grumman and Lockheed Martin. Um, we have, um, I was talking about the software that may underlie the, f the future of air warfare. Um, so Steve Trimble has a, a big, great feature on that program. Um, and also on military engines, we have a, a huge run out, rundown on, on that. So, um, so those are just uh, some of the great coverage that we're gonna have in this week's issue. Um, coming up, we're gonna have um, we're going to be celebrating the 20th anniversary of the International Space Station in a few months. Oh, wow. We're going to have um, some good coverage going into AUSA, talking about how the Army is modernizing its networks mm -hmm. and what that'll mean for the future of warfare. So um, a lot of good stuff coming out. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, we'll stay tuned for all that and definitely uh, share and promote as we see it come up. Okay. Well, thanks for having awesome. me on. This is great. Thank you, Jen. It's been great to hear from you and to learn more about you and some of the stuff that you cover at Aviation Week. So thank you. And for everyone listening, thanks for tuning into this episode of Inside the Media Minds and follow us on Twitter at Media Mind Show and stay tuned for the next episode. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Inside the Media Minds. To learn more about our podcast and hear all of our episodes, please visit us at w2com.com slash podcast and follow us on Twitter at Media Mind Show. And you can subscribe anywhere podcasts are found.